Did you know that all modern scent hounds are descendant of the bloodhound? Or that the chihuahua's ancestor, the Tashiji dog, dates back to the Aztecs? Or that a border collie named Chaser knows 1,000 words? You know, the pit bull used to be considered America's dog and was our country's symbol in World War I. Did you know that you could learn all of these facts and more about dogs if you listen to our podcast, We're Getting a Dog? Each week, we go over a different breed's history and what it takes to own it. And we talk a little bit about why we love the breed and try to present each dog in a fair light. You can listen to our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you stream podcasts. From the Arcadia Podcast Network. Hi there, listener. Thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. Just so you know, this show contains explicit language and some possible adult themes. Listeners under 13 or anyone who could be offended by the subject matter are given caution. Hello, I'm Wesley Van Hoosen, and this is Good Food for Bad Friends. On this podcast, I'll have a different guest every week to talk about their history with food. Along with each episode, you can find recipes inspired by the featured guest on our website, goodfoodbadfriends.com. The second person I met in the house I mentioned in the last episode was Nick McKenzie. I was immediately drawn to him because, well, no offense guys, but he was the hottest one in the house. I know that's not the most appropriate thing to proclaim, but what can I say? He's Italian. Besides that, he and I also clicked because we were both starting to make music seriously during that time. The basement of that house was Derek and Nick's studio. I was a humble guest allowed to use the equipment. I remember sitting in our very first session and being very intimidated but motivated at the same time. It was a very strange mix of feelings, but I was driven to make something that would prove my worth. I first made a pop record, and Nick was always the first to help me with improving the very shitty demos that I made in my bedroom. He would subtly send me tracks to listen to for inspiration. They were all screenshots of this new thing that was on YouTube, hip-hop beats that run on a 24-hour live feed. It was the birth of the chill-hop era, and Nick was a driving force in helping me adapt that sound for myself as a solo artist. It was only after his relentless encouragement, and Derek's as well, that I acquiesced and began loving the sound of it all. As a musician, I'm always looking for a specific variety of people to work with, a person who gels, a person who inspires, and a person who perfects. Nick McKenzie is my perfection king when it comes to making music. He adds things to songs that I never knew the song needed. Something as simple as chimes, or as devoted as a completely new instrument or vocal arrangement. He's got a specific kind of brilliance with the subtle and meaningful parts of his song, the things that make it click with the listener. All in all, he's one of the most motivated and adept musicians I know. On the other side of our relationship is food. Like I said, Nick is Italian, and his history with food is much like you'd imagine an Italian person's would be. Pastas, sauces, meats, and red wine. There's a gentle kind of carnality with Italian food, and Nick completely encompasses that. 
You know how he enjoys something by the expression he gives while he's eating it. He also has Italian grandparents, which isn't totally unlike my faux Italian grandfather who taught me how to cook. My grandfather passed down to me his Italian recipes, and with Nick's approval, my grandfather's recipes qualify as decent Italian food. All of these things aside, Nick is also a great friend, and like the rest of the guys I lived with, I consider him to be one of the big brothers that I never had. Please welcome our next bad friend to the podcast, my good friend, Nick McKenzie. Welcome to Good Food for Bad Friends. You are uh, an OG bad friend. You're also uh, one of the first people I met in the group. You were the second person, technically. So it went Matt Harvey and then you. Yeah, we moved in together five years ago. Isn't that fucking weird? That's five years ago. It's like, wow. That's, it's, I don't know. I mean, I I look back on those times and I'm like, yeah, we all kind of like, pissed each other off sometimes but oh yeah you me aaron matt and Derek. oh my god we us five each other every day yeah all the time but at the same time when i think about it it's like i really only have great memories of living there it's just like the good times yeah. and you know i was telling matt harvey and i were talking last night about when we all got really fucked up and watched Veggie Tales and went to that like crazy <laughs> ice cream place, <laughs> like times like that. Dude, then you saw. <laughs> I, I saw poured water on, on my. Foot. Yeah. And we were all just looking at it for like two to three minutes. Like, do we do something? There's and I just ice poured cream on your foot. a cup of water on myself. <laughs> it's like, it's like fine. Right, I think it's time to go. <laughs> yeah. No, or like also just. Um, I th- the house for me was really a time when I, I learned how to cook more than just like cakes. So yeah. I always think of the house as kind of the uh, beginning of when I learned how to really cook for people and right. learn that dynamic of how it really strengthens bonds. And I learned also, how to uh, oh, be a guinea good. pig. Yeah, that's the other thing. And I was like, I have these guys who will just eat anything I cook. So let's <laughs> yeah, just try it. And I, and I learned how to gain some weight. I was like, oh. Oh man. So five, that, 10 pounds added. You know, it's so funny. I feel like anytime like a different living situation happens, it's like the weight kind of resets. And then as you live in a place for a while, it's like you just kind of gain weight. But I don't know when I move, I lose weight. Cause I think it's just like a new environment. I just moved like 35, 40 boxes of books. Not really. <laughs> I mean, it's like 10 boxes of fucking heavy books. So maybe that's why I lose weight. But <laughs> yeah, in a way, it is like the freshman fifteen. But it for you is. And I, yeah. I remember we were moving out of our parents' place, and that was yeah, you and I's first time kind of living away from our parents, not mm-hmm. living in college. So we got yeah. used to used to living that life. But that us getting mad at each other, it was almost like a brotherhood. That we really, were it really is. I with each other, you know. Yeah, because that's how I always say it's kind of it was like growing pain stuff, and it was like learning yeah. how to like exist with another person and you know take other people's needs and stuff into consideration i mean it was very eye-opening for me just as a person too because i really look up to all of you guys as like my big brothers because i i'm the big brother i don't have any in real life so but you guys sort of all are kind of my like big brothers in a way and i i totally understand what you're saying it's it's a great bond i mean you know and i think with me and you we have a very uh very like i think a really special bond because we come from somewhat like intense culinary backgrounds like our families like to cook 
it's a main part right. of me you know it is family to us in a lot of ways is food and also i think you know i look up to you a lot as a musician too just because you really exposed me to hip-hop and jazz a lot and you know just just you know showing me things here and there that was like kind of steering me in a way right. that i should be going as a singer and I well, you exposed me that. to the pop side of things and the yeah. Whitney Houston's and all that stuff. And it allowed me to not have such a negative connotation towards pop music and understand what I relate to it and what I loved about it right. and mix it with my hip hop and my jazz influences yeah. at the time. It was almost like a musical boot camp. A little bit. It really right. was. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I learned a ton about being a singer from you know being in your guys' studio sessions and you know you and Derek really are the kind of like uh like were my mentors in a lot of ways for making music and also just like seeing things through and you know not giving up on a project um i don't know it's it was all i always kind of carry that as the main thing but at the same time i know that like food played a huge role in the house yeah. that was a huge thing i gotta say my favorite dish that you made during that house was that mac and cheese do you remember that that was you made for the, my birthday i think it was was that the pesto mac and cheese that i made or was that like the crazy no, not pesto. this was the crazy like was this the mac and cheese that's literally like a bomb being dropped on you when you eat it is it that one yeah then you pass okay, out yeah. a minute later <laughs> yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah oh was, man that's that you you wrote is... the recipe down for me. I don't know if you remember. You wrote it down for my birthday for me to have. Oh, oh no. Well, I can give it to you again. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's... <laughs> but that pasta mac and cheese sounds very delicious. It's That one is, you know, I was always on a hunt for a good mac and cheese recipe. Yeah, yeah. I, want that, I want that real cheese, you know, that pecorino or Ooh. parmesan or just something. You know, something good something different yeah. something unique you know? i do a lot of different stuff with mac and cheese the main one though with that recipe is it's like i think it's just mostly cheddar but i put gouda mm. cheese in the middle of it or provolone oh, yeah. just depending on yeah. how i feel but yeah. mac and cheese that one that's always like a <laughs> that's like what i make to feed like a mountain of people because i know that you can't eat a ton of it because it's yeah. so rich but it's like hey everyone will have some okay so i know one thing for sure is italian food with yeah. me and you that is something that i have a vivid memory of kind of like trying to impress you because <laughs> i was like because <laughs> yeah. like my my i cooked italian food my whole life growing up but i never really cooked for italian food for italian people so yes. it was like well you know let's try this recipe and I, it was like spaghetti with meatballs and to me that's a recipe i always like that's like a nick recipe in my book right. because it's like he he approved of this so it's an italian approved recipe like well, you I was, make great pasta oh, first thanks. and foremost and great sauce for me i i hold a pasta and marinara sauce to high standards because my grandma taught from her grandma from right. sicily we would make like the sauce for like six to seven hours in a day we would make it like Jeez. a whole whole entire event you know yeah. then we would put the meatballs in there then we would put the other meat in there and it would just be this big event and she would make a lot of extra sauce so that we can have it to carry over for like just leftovers and stuff yeah but yeah it's it's what we waited for you know we mm -hmm. we did it for christmas the whole family would get together so yeah. 
it just has like a special place. It's like a special memory that I have of my family, family events, being with my grandma, my great grandma, sure, my, yeah. my, my whole entire Italian family. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that's super interesting that in your family, it's like pasta marinara is like the main event with meatballs with meat you know and, and extra sauce all around the table i can imagine that being like a like a feast mode meal but i think yeah. it's so interesting that i grew up really never eating pasta like oh no and no and i don't know if i've ever told you that because like my parents you know were very like uh not like they weren't cooks you know my dad mm. liked to grill oh really lot. Yeah, no. My oh, mom. That's interesting. Like, what, where does it come from? You like, where's uh, this cook side? My grandparents. It comes from my oh, my grandfather. Okay. My grandfather on my mom's side. I so did not all know that. all those recipes I have now because I I was the one that like learned that I learned them from him when I was like seven or eight years old. And oh, very interesting. Yeah, and my my mother. I always enjoyed cooking. I always enjoyed being in the kitchen because I always felt that that's where everyone was. Like, you know, like, uh, so it was like a social interaction. Yeah. Like if my, like, if, you know, if like my aunt Dina came over, she always went to the kitchen first because she would mm -hmm. drop all the food off. And I, you know, I would love it when my aunt Dina would come over. So the first place I would meet her at would be the kitchen. And mm -hmm. just, you know, over the years, I started seeing just the amount of effort people went to on holidays and, you know, just the my grandfather again he would do the giant you know italian roast beef with vegetables and you know that was our christmas meal every year right. and i always wanted i was always kind of jealous that someone did all this work and i was like wow we have to sit down and fucking thank this person like you know like it's like <laughs> what the fuck i just want to eat but and then you know once i was like, over not, time you you learned to yeah, appreciate once it, i wasn't yeah. three years old and being force-fed carrots i was like this is actually a great role for someone in a group because it's it brings everyone together and you know so you were I, drawn to the community side yeah of oh food. yeah food was it almost, ever um to ask okay. you was it ever creative for you um like, did you ever go into it like the same way that you would go into making a song mm. the same way into making a, a new dish or a new recipe or would you follow the recipe like line for line i you know yeah. it's funny because i as i get older i find that i get more and more comfortable going into cooking blind you know not having a recipe mm -hmm. not unless it's baking baking is of course like the one exception but okay. With just cooking stuff, a lot of times now, you know, I kind of, I like to go to farmer's markets or just even a, the grocery store and just mill through the produce section and like mm -hmm. what's in season, what looks really good, what's not too expensive, especially in the time of, you know, you know, the hospitality industry is imploded. So it's like we have to kind of, you know, wait. Yeah, the budget. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I, I, I guess to answer your question now, I do that. I, that creative process definitely is there when I cook. But I think for a long time, I really was afraid to mm. view food that way. Because so it I sounds was like, um, up. right. So it sounds like you built a foundation. And with that foundation, it allows you to be flexible with how yeah. you make new dishes and stuff. So you yeah. don't have to like think about it going in. No, not not. Well, cool. I I have to think about it, but I don't have to. Like, like a little I bit. To, I don't have to worry about it going in. Mm. I can be calm, and I think honestly, cooking for you guys was the was the start of that being becoming comfortable because I just used you guys as like guinea pigs for 
everything. It's like, hey, I cooked this giant batch of whatever the fuck this is. Just go ahead and eat it. I made cookies. I remember yeah. I remember you guys once sat me down and told me to stop making cookies. You were like, you have <laughs> to stop. We're all gaining weight. <laughs> you, baked, you baked a lot, man. I did. Yeah. And I used to buy like those 25 pound bags of flour from fucking Costco. And like, yep, I remember seeing that. Through those. Like, I remember coming back from work and I see that on the kitchen island. I'm like, fuck. Fuck. <laughs> so much bread and cookies. Pass out at 9 p.m. <laughs> oh, man. It was great, though. I loved doing it. It was always, um, and I, I always felt like I was taking care of people. And, right. you know, that was kind of why I did it. And I knew, you know, no matter who was quarreling with who in the house or who was frustrated with what I knew that if there was still food around the house, if there was dinner on the table, there would be some semblance of like camaraderie. And we'd kind of, we'd kind of just see through the bullshit for 10 minutes. And you make it sound like it was a war zone. It wasn't, it wasn't, <laughs> but I mean, there were times though, where it was like, you know, I don't want to say it was bad because it wasn't, but I mean, for, with any group of five people living in a five house, guys. five yeah. guys all within the same age range. And, you know, mm-hmm. pretty much we were all with the exception of Aaron, we were all bachelors too. We were all single while we were in yeah. that house. Well, for the most part at the beginning, at the beginning we were all single, Yeah, but no, in a I suburb mean, neighborhood too, so we weren't close to like we the city. Never, really. I know it was, and like, we never really went out either. And if we, we did, it was like us. a twenty-seven dollar Uber to get downtown, and it took like yeah. God. I remember once we Ubered downtown, and the guy let us like hijack his radio for the entire car ride. And it was Which time was that? That sounds like every Uber drive. This one, this guy was real. This guy was really cool. We we got it. It was like a we got in a giant Escalade. Like it was a huge car because it was like seven. Was or this eight first St. Patrick's Day? Maybe I was. I remember this was. It might have been because I was there and I didn't usually go out downtown with you guys. But this <laughs> on a holiday, I probably would have went. But yeah, so it sounds like St. Patrick's Day. I remember, I remember the guy was like, we kind of have a bit of a drive. Do you want to like plug in your phone or something? And we yeah. played music and this guy was like, what the fuck are these guys playing in this car? Like he knew some <laughs> of it. And then we got into these weird, like deep track hip hop. Like it was like getting yeah. weird for a while. <laughs> like talking about like the oppression of society. He's like, oh, oh man, okay, I, I regret giving you this ox cord. <laughs> yeah, it's like I am never giving an ox cord away again. Uh, but, <laughs> but no, no, we had some good times. Something about your approach to making a dish. Oh, you were t- yeah, just like the creativity, like, the creativity yeah. side of it. I definitely think that spices have, are a great window for food creativity. So for me as a beginner of making food, I'm just getting into cooking. Mm-hmm. What would you say is like a foundation or a way that I could look at spices to put on like, let's say meat, like chicken, steak. Oh yeah, for beef, sure. All that. There's, what would you suggest? Gosh. I mean, I think it's important to note that chicken, like things like white meat, like chicken or pork. Uh, I, I consider pork white meat cause it turns white when it cooks. So <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I don't know if people call it red meat, but I always thought pork was white meat, but any kind of white meat or fish is going to take any flavor at, that you put to it. Like, so I, with chicken, I particularly though, really like Tex-Mex chicken or jerk chicken. So yeah. a lot of like rubs, a lot of like 
seasoning and a lot of high flavor a lot of salt <laughs> you know but yeah. i think for a beginner i mean you can't really beat salt pepper and garlic powder that is like yeah, that's that is what like i'm told quintessential seasoning and i always put a little onion powder in too because i okay. think garlic powder is a little bit well when it cooks on chicken all you can really taste is sort of the back end of the garlic and putting onion powder on it sort of zings it back up a little bit Oh, okay. Um, or I mean, Old Bay is great too, and that's that's like po that's poultry seasoning and seafood seasoning from mm -hmm. from the Northeast. But that's great on chicken. I and I always like uh, doing. Uh, oh shit! I'm trying to think. Oh, like lemon, lemon and chicken is really good too. That's another yeah. one that's super easy to do. Been testing that out a little bit. Yeah, I mean, the way I would do it is honestly just like marinate if you want to marinate chicken, I would just cut a lemon into like really thin slices and then just toss that in with your marinade and let that sit in the fridge. And obviously don't eat the lemon pieces. Cause that's going to be gnarly. I would though. Cause oh, I really like, I like cooked lemon rind. I think it's like really bitter and delicious, mm -hmm. but yeah, with beef, what about fish, fish. So I, I guess I don't, I don't eat beef that much, but I, yeah. I've been going back and forth between chicken, steak and fish. Salmon. Sure. Fish, I I'm very uh I'm very partial to Asian flavors with fish, so lots of like that mayploy sauce that you buy, that it's yes. like the syrupy red one. That's great on chicken. I should say that because you mm -hmm. made that for me, and I have I make it all the fucking time. That's like well, shout out to my a, grandmother. That is I'm so I'm fucking step, good. <laughs> I'm my stepdad's side of the family. My Japanese grandmother. Yeah, that oh, shit. So that. Yeah. it's just the May ploy, just literally brushed on the chicken and then mm -hmm. baked. It's so good, and then it comes out like sticky and kind of crispy. Oh man, <laughs> fuck me sideways. It's good, but but um, <laughs> but uh, for fish, back to what you asked. Uh, I say yeah, Asian Asian stuff. Um, soy sauce. I was like soy sauce with maybe like just wasabi. That's like, a, I love that kind of stuff. So you, you lean towards like Japanese seasoning. Japanese seasonings. Fish. Yeah. And I always add fish to like ramen or um, trying to think what else. Rice. Any uh, With rice, I'll do some Tex-Mex. Sometimes I do curry with fish. I think mm -hmm. fish is a great curry thing. Cause if I've never tried curry before with fish. It's, it's a good for it. I think just because if you have fish that's like more quantitative rather than qualitative, if you know what I mean, like... It's you get a lot of it, but it may not be the best tasting fish like mm -hmm. cod. I'm not really a fan of cod, but you get a fuckload yeah, of it when you eat it. You yeah. know, in curry, though, there's so much flavor going on. It's it hides it a little bit. It kind of hides that fishiness. So yeah. I'd say curry is great for fish. Uh, it really depends because I love shellfish. I love all seafood. So I'm very and I love Italian like mussels and white mm -hmm. wine with like or mussels and uh, linguine with marinara so kind of like a zuppa de mar yes like, yeah, yeah. kind of like that yeah uh so god fuck it's so good i don't know it's italians so and italian any italian kind of shellfish i am a hundred percent down for absolutely yeah. like it's just it can't be beat. and someday when you know we're allowed to leave our bubbles i'm gonna <laughs> i definitely want to go to italy at some point that's a total well, i'm sure you've been during during this little COVID event you've been 
making a lot of good recipes. And I've been practicing some good stuff out. Yeah. I've been practicing a lot of yeah, I've been practicing a lot of recipes, a lot of stuff that I pulled out of magazines that I never got to. And mm-hmm. so I'll try it. And Dylan's been cooking quite a bit too, so that's nice. Oh, good. Yeah. I don't have to do all of it. But it's also mm-hmm. weird because we try to like we try to do like a like a a dinner that with the two of us like at least once or twice a week tomorrow we were gonna do it tonight but i was like oh fuck i can't i'm recording so tomorrow night we're doing breakfast for dinner that's like our week's uh dinner but um, what are you guys making give uh, me some ideas probably pancakes if it's breakfast for dinner and it's my idea of breakfast for dinner because he likes he likes waffles but i I, i'm a pancake whore so pancakes bacon you are you are a pancake whore i love the the moment you slept in that house is like this guy's the this is a big pancake order. I went to the International House of Pancakes once and I got an STD. No, I don't know. <laughs> and now I will, I got a pancake STD and now I'll I heard about you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> give, give me the give me the normal medication. <laughs> Ounce of Mrs. Butterworth's every day. <laughs> you should keep that i'm gonna keep that actually that might be the title of our episode because i take stupid quotes from the episode and make that the title an an ounce of butter mrs butterworth every day um but anyway uh what was oh we were talking about breakfast or dinner yeah we were pretty basic bacon bacon pancakes uh eggs maybe some hash browns i do tend to make i do make like hash browns with bacon fat and rosemary and are you good with eggs like omelets uh, sunny side not omelets oh i suck at omelet if you ask me to make an omelet i'll literally end up either with all of the egg on myself or you're just gonna get a scramble because i'm gonna try it's like it's like here's your scramble it's got cheese and ham in it enjoy the thing is you have one moment to flip it over you know the timing has to be on point it doesn't help too that there's really no like uh tried and true system i feel like with omelets unless you're a chef but like in julia child's cookbook the omelet how to make an omelet is 12 fucking pages long 12 pages of how to correctly make a french style omelet i watched a 30 second video on youtube and i thought that was it uh, yeah, I, I'm just like I I don't know I, I I think with eggs too I get intimidated by it and I never know like what the heat is really supposed to be that's like the one thing I suck at I usually cook eggs over medium so yeah. I just get out like that little like the little teeny tiny frying pan that comes with yeah. it's like yeah you have to guy, be let me let me you have to be really really careful to like not let it actually fall through onto the fire because it's like so small but (laughs) yeah i I like eggs over medium i'll do that and scrambled eggs i i love too but Mm -hmm. i'd say i'm like a 75 percent competent cook with okay yeah so new question (laughs) what is your uh what is your eating routine right now do you just mix in recipes every night every other night are you trying to stay healthy are you on a diet? And I mean, I think I've, I've been on a diet since I was 15 years old. So <laughs> it's always, Whoa. I've always been on a diet. No, I mean, right now, <laughs> I think a big part of it, especially with pandemic is just making sure that you're getting a good balance of food that's good for you, but also food you like to sort of divulge in. And yeah. So I've been eating like my regular meals every day or just like I'll have salads every now and again. I'll have like a sandwich. It's a lot of like just 
small stuff you can make at home that's not too expensive, not too uh doesn't take forever although i think we made pizza tonight because we had no we it was just we bought a pizza but that's the other thing too you know in a time like this when there is a lot of world uncertainty and the sort of rug gets pulled out from under us every 10 minutes it's nice to be able to know like okay if i really have a very frustrating time with something there's a chocolate bar that i've hidden in the freezer and it's there <laughs> when i need it but it's not right now yeah, you, and need, you need you need comfort food you know yeah you can't be you can't be so disciplined that you're kind of torturing yourself during this time you need like a right. form of outlet and food right having the taste buds just uh a little orgasm in your mouth literally it, it's it really what it is it's it's so metaphysical to have something you enjoy today i went to starbucks for the first time in months and i got the pumpkin just don't kill me i got a pumpkin spice cold foam no, cold man. brew foam whatever the fuck it's called it's like a pumpkin foam that sits on a cold brew spice latte. a pumpkin spice latte vanilla latte. sugar-free vanilla please thank I you want very 30, much Karen. i want 18 pumps of the sugar-free <laughs> vanilla. Dude, I used to work I used to work where there was a Starbucks. Like there was a Starbucks in the hotel and yeah. that oh my god. Some of the orders some people would get like I want a latte with 15 pumps of hazelnut and you're like like hazelnut. that's what? That's like that. 15 Karen, pumps. Karen, you you, you got to get out of here, man. And she'd order it would be like a a it would be like a, a grande. I'm like, that's half the that's half the damn cup. <laughs> like that can't uh yeah. But anyway, I got this fucking so, cold brew foam latte, whatever the fuck it is. But it was it was one of those things where I was like, God damn, I needed this. This is so good. And it's like I haven't been I haven't gotten like takeaway coffee in so long. Cause nice. it, you know, I don't live in Washington. Have you been, distance. have you been making coffee yourself every day? Yeah. Every day. And nice. it, now I'm on the verge of wanting to buy an espresso maker because I miss espresso drinks. Like, I don't know. There's, I don't, I miss cappuccino. You know, I, I, I've never had a espresso drink before. Really? You know, when, when we lived together, I never drank coffee. I don't know if you remember. I, I did know that. Cause I was, I was like, what? Like, how do yeah. you work? Like, I feel like, yo, go ahead. Sorry. I, but, I was very but, surprised. Yeah. <laughs> but since I moved in with my current girlfriend, Quest, yeah, yeah. coffee every single day now. And I'm like, what have I, how have I been waking up do you, this do you entire drip, time? Like, drip coffee or kind of, or French cold brew. Press? Cold Just brew. cold brew. Oh, I love yeah. cold brew. It's I so love good. cold brew. So I go to Starbucks almost every other day. It's it's addictive, but I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to balance it out with like every other day do coffee, then maybe have like some green tea, yeah, to bring it off, you know. So I'm not yeah. like so I build like a healthy tolerance. Yeah, to it's that. tough for me because it's like it's I've drank coffee since I was 17 years old because I wasn't Damn. allowed to drink coffee as a, as a kid. My parents didn't let me drink coffee, and I moved out when I was 17, and uh my best i lived with my best friend uh right at right before i started college and he used to drink like six or seven cups of coffee a day like the coffee maker was Whoa. always on i maybe Whoa. i'm exaggerating i feel like it was that much he's probably gonna listen to this and be like fuck you wesley it was so not that much <laughs> but he, he drank a lot of coffee and you know in college it's like in the library for free it's like everywhere and everyone gets starbucks and so I was just like, okay, I guess that I'll try it. And ever since then, it's... I also tried it in the dead of fucking winter. 
So it was cold out. So it's freezing fucking cold out. And yeah. there's nothing like a hot cup of. I used to drink it black too. I don't do that now. I drink. I have to have something in it. See, I haven't got into hot coffee. Oh, I love hot coffee. No, I, I'm nervous to get into it, you know, because I'm already. I feel like I'm addicted to cold brew right now. Right. Well, cold brew is is it. I think cold brew tastes better because I think it's it's almost it's steeped like tea almost. So it's a little mm-hmm. bit more intense but i would say if you ever if you do want to start drink if you try to drink hot coffee literally wait mm. until like a cold fucking day like mm. 10 degrees outside and then just get a hot coffee and see if that coaxes you because if you if you don't like hot coffee on a cold day you'll never like hot coffee okay i should have <laughs> tried it um uh, three days ago it dropped 70 degrees whoa in, and oh my god in colorado yeah and it was snowing Shit. september 8th September. In Lincoln, it did that. It dropped 50 in Lincoln. I think it's because what? of that. Yeah. So a lot of the weather patterns that happen in Colorado, that sweeps out to the to the east and it goes over Nebraska. So mm-hmm. all of that cool weather stuff came over. And in Nebraska, it went from 93 to like 50. What? Yeah. Or something all, fucking insane. Like yeah, we it, had a little, it, it dropped here too. It went from like... 85 90 to like 60 and it's yeah. it's been in the 60s all it's been in the 60s and raining all week in chicago and it's mm-hmm. sounds like I, chicago weather yeah it is <laughs> it's chicago in the fall like you know yeah. put on your raincoat and pray to god no one you don't fall into a manhole yeah they're, they're but no, when, the, once yeah. the winter comes i'm gonna try i'll try i'll try hot coffee i'll reach out to you yeah it's yeah no yeah for sure it's it's definitely my my dad was the same way my dad always tells me he didn't he never drank coffee until he he went to college in minneapolis mm, and so it was is and he, he and he was from nebraska from actually my dad was from illinois he's from uh champaign oh. urbana my whole dad's side oh, was from there and then they uh <laughs> i can say this now because my grandparents are dead god bless them my <laughs> grandfather was sleeping with someone on his mail route and the postal service blackmailed him. They were like, either we expose you and, you know, we tell your whole family or you get out of town. And so he quit his job and took up a job at the telephone company in Lincoln, Nebraska, where I'm from. <laughs> so that's what? why we're not from Illinois. Yeah. That's a story. I don't know if I've ever told tell you me, that tell story. Me, tell me a little bit more. So like my grandparents were, uh, they were married after um, my granddad served in, korea i think he served in korea and so they were like a they were like a um it was like a relationship by mail pretty much and so and she was just gonna marry him when he came back that was the plan that's just kind of how it was it was it was 19 it was like 1950 1951 Mm -hmm. and um that was just the culture and they were married until you know my grandfather died in 2006 but it was a rocky marriage, you know, and they, they never yeah. showed it to the grandkids. But once they both passed away, we learned all the secrets. Right. And the, the big one was that my grand, that was the question. Why did we, they move from Illinois? And it's like, well, to answer your question. Yeah. My dad was from Illinois, but uh, coffee, we're talking about coffee. So my dad went to Minneapolis. The, he's like, I, the first winter I spent there when it gets to like negative 30, negative 40, wind chill like cold as shit in minneapolis uh he he had hot coffee and he's like that was it he's like that was the one thing that was like soothing for that bitter cold and you you have to think about you're not getting as much sunlight 
as well. Yeah. So uh, when it's dark out, I feel tired just by seeing yeah. the dark. Yeah. Oh, so, totally. It's you know, I take so much vitamin D during the winter time. It's like I think my my yeah, you, you ice... probably do take the vitamin D. Shut up. I take all sorts yeah, of vitamins. <laughs> <laughs> vitamin and the A, vitamin D. <laughs> <laughs> vitamin C, mm. vitamin F. <laughs> <laughs> What's vitamin F? Well, if you have to ask, you you probably can't afford it. <laughs> um, what type of rice do you usually? Oh, eat? rice. Okay, we can talk about this for sure because we are both we both have Japanese heritage in our families. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm not personally Japanese, but I'm well, no, but I mean, I I, yeah. I count I count you because you're very knowledgeable about the type of things you're supposed to use in Japanese food, which is yeah. always I think you I, are. I mean, more so I, than I, most I'm not, guys. I'm not, I'm not, I know. The, not, not good with food, but with Japanese <laughs> food, <laughs> my grandma always stressed me like she grew up and was raised in Japanese in a small island of like a thousand people on the coast and she said that her family never had much but right she would always use that money no matter small amount that she had to buy high quality rice because the priority of rice for her and her family and most people in japan was up there they don't oh, yeah. want the cheap I, stuff i know? totally grew up with that she, too my mm-hmm. mother would always buy botan that was like the brand or yeah, I, I wish I could like remember the brand. She would take me to this uh, Japanese store like out west of Maru's Park. Oh, uh, like, Mitsua in Arlington Heights. Yeah, I fucking no love shit. that place. No shit. I, I oh want to know God. if you knew about that because I, you're my from mom, Nebraska. My mom and De- my aunt Dina and my mom and I went there when they visited last year, and our minds oh, no were shit. fucking blown. We spent two hours in that store. Just it's so big. Well, you have to spend. I spent an ungodly amount of time in the like the paper and craft store that's off the entrance. Like where you buy all the anime and the manga and there's like pens and, you know, origami paper, waifu. You know, I never stopped. Uh, <laughs> you. Uh, Your shown, Leslie. No, no, I love Mitsua. That place is fucking amazing. Oh, yeah. yeah. And the rice there is. Oh, yeah. The seafood is so incredible. Dude. Have Should you always get this uh, octopus? Where at? Uh, H Mart. Have you ever been to H Mart? And it used, it's in the, kind of the West Loop. There's more, I think, around. No, I've actually never heard of that. Huh. It's kind of like a Korean type Asian store, but they have they have like a fresh fish butcher there, where you literally nice. like pick like pick out the squid you'd like, and he'll I'll cut it up for you. But yeah, no, that's I love I love that. I love seeing that quality of seafood because I feel like seafood gets such a bad rap all the time because of canned seafood and, you know, I mean, people getting sick it, It's from- tough because we live in the Midwest, you know? We don't live on the <laughs> yeah. East or West Coast, so we're not going to get the best seafoods so and everything. No. The freshest seafood I've had is catfish in the Midwest that I've then that's cause I caught it. But like, but that was like, <laughs> that's, a very, that's a very Nebraska thing. Honestly. It is. Oh yeah. But no, I think that's one thing I would, I would totally move to a coast for is probably the, the Northeast is for the seafood. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Fuck. I love it. But with rice, to answer your question, you did ask uh, what kind of rice I like. <clears throat> and you know, I, I don't like, just pl- okay i i have different it's like different for everything i usually would just eat brown rice as like 
what I pick for everything, like just a generic, like if I'm having chicken mm-hmm. or just, you know, a bowl of rice with something or like Chipotle, yeah. I'll always pick brown. I think it's got a very kind of like, uh, it almost tastes like pasta in a way. It's got this sort oh. of like nutty flavor, but it, it, it um, it, it isn't so gummy. It, it has some texture to it. Uh, yeah, I re- yeah. And it's, all, it's really filling so not, too. So you're not a fan of white rice? Well, no. So that's brown rice I choose also because it's healthier. Because I white rice is really starchy. And mm-hmm. I also, there's other reasons too. So brown rice is what I pick. It like hands down if I'm out just any random place getting rice. Uh, mm-hmm. White rice though, I always get with specifically Chinese food. I will only eat it with white rice. I don't like fried rice very much. So, but I, I like white rice. I mean, of course, on sushi. Um, Is it because of the spiciness? Is why you choose of, white rice uh, with Chinese food? I think I just like the sort of blandness of it. Because you've got oh, okay. so much, you know, salt. And I guess, yeah. Flavor like flavors Chinese like drip, dripping into the white rice. Yeah, right? yeah. When you and mix it all up. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And I love white rice because it, it just it takes on the flavor. You don't really taste that it's rice. But it, mm. it just works with everything in that category. But, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I, you I'm, know, I, I don't know if I'm a fan of brown rice or not because I haven't tried it that much. But if you say it's good, I, I heard it's healthy, healthier for you. Yeah, that's, that's the, the main reason because I eat a lot. We eat a lot of rice. And, mm-hmm. you know, I do like basmati rice, though, and like the Indian rices and the kind of like Southeast Asian Rice mm-hmm. is jasmine rice is great too, jasmine. especially with Indian Good food. Rice, yeah. I mean, it's you know those go great with curries because they have an almost like <clears throat> I think they have an almost like floral taste to them. Maybe I'm yeah. just weird. I think jasmine and basmati rice have this sort of like flowery taste. It's not okay. it's not like white rice where it's starch or brown rice where it's earthy. It's just got it's I don't know I don't know if I'm just like maybe that's just because it it's that was something in the sauce, but by smell too, I can always tell when someone's cooking, uh, like a long grain wild rice or like a Mm -hmm. basmati. It doesn't smell like white rice, white rice to me. I don't know. I also just don't like white rice because of growing. I grew up. That's all we ate was Botan white rice. Like, Mm. and it was my mom. Was that that your mom? That was my mom. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, she'd get out the little aroma rice cooker, the little white, you know, pop up. (laughs) That's what I have. Exactly. That's what my grandmother had, too. And she brought me one. The yeah, that I left to come out to live with you. Yeah, you remember that like, I had that for a little bit. Yeah, we had two. We had we had two rice cookers, and then Aaron mm-hmm. bought a rice cooker when I lived with him. And I was like, mm-hmm. "Why did you buy a rice cooker? I already have a rice I have cooker. one right here." Yeah, well, was, yeah, no, I we used that thing all the time growing up. And with <clears> white rice, though, you have to wash the starch off of it. So our task in the kitchen was sitting with yeah. the like the spray hose on the sink and spraying yeah. off all the starch and to yep, me yep. oh i hated it <laughs> it's like god <laughs> I, I actually enjoyed it oh it was not fun for me at all because my mother was like if it's not clear don't even give it to me <laughs> like she's like <laughs> oh, it so has she to be little, clear she's, she's very very specific it. yeah but i mean god bless her because i mean that's how her mother taught her so that's mm-hmm. that's totally a family thing and I'm the same way when I cook where's, white um, rice. Where's your uh, grandmother from? 
Well, Is my she grandmother. From Japan or? Yeah, yeah. She was from Japan. She was near Nagas. She was near Nagasaki. So my grandmother, her name was Tsumako Matsunaga, and she lived near Nagasaki. And um, she married my grandfather when he was stationed in in Japan. And yeah. then that's the same exact story as my grandmother. Yeah, and grandmother then, and my grandpa. It's hilarious. And then they uh, moved around the world for a little bit while my granddad kept getting restationed. And then they finally ret- uh, kind of like put him, uh, not like retired him, but he, he'd done his service at that point. Mm-hmm. So he moved to Nebraska. Mm-hmm. And because he, he grew up in Lincoln, he went to my high school. Um, so that was, a, that was his hometown, uh, really. So yeah. And then my, you know, my aunt and my mom were little kids when they moved to the United States. I think they each spent a year. They were each born in Germany, and then they spent a year in Japan, and then they moved to California, like the Redwoods, for a year, and mm-hmm. then they moved to Nebraska, and that's where they stayed. So but my grandmother my grandmother was, you know, full Japanese and kind of got plucked out of her. She lived really, I think, in like farm area, too, not so much a city. It was kind of just like a farming village. You know, her family has has money had money yeah. they're a very they're a very well-known group of people in japan a very well-known family uh lots of wealth and esteem okay. for sure so they lived outside did they live in the city or they lived a little bit outside of the city and outside then they yeah they lived outside yeah, that's of it and it just makes you think of the scope because they lived far enough away that they weren't directly affected by it but my right. great uncle died of thyroid cancer which is very you know that's heavily attributed to radiation poisoning and my grandmother died of um she had she she struggled with cancer and then she passed away when my mom was 15 and she had i want to say it was breast cancer and then lung cancer but either way would you say that's related we think think so uh because you know you can never be sure and if her brother was affected by it there had to have been and they were in the same place you know, it, it had to have affected her somehow. And like so, indirectly. Over yeah. Time. Yeah. Like over even, time. Maybe, maybe even in the food, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, totally. In the food and yeah. the, in the, in the soil. Yeah, I mean, exactly. The soil is going to be affected throughout the entire uh, nuclear, nuclear stuff is fucking crazy on the, like what it does to the world. It's, I don't know. I just read a whole book about it and it's like, Did oh, <laughs> yeah, it's like talking about like when, when nuclear power pant- plants shut down and they have to, uh, uh, nuclear power pants, power up your pants, nuclear, sorry, I just, just said it wrong. Power pants. <laughs> when power nuclear games. power plants. These are the bomb. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, if, they, if people were to, like, disappear and no one could regulate a, a power plant, like a nuclear one, basically it would, like that area of whatever houston texas would be like a radiation sodden land for like millions of years it would not go away for a long 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 time because all those chemicals no joke it isn't and it's just crazy to think of what we've come up with in our existence and what that will permanently do and i don't know it's it's crazy but so yeah my grandmother grew up in japan and she uh, emigrated to the United States and um, my grand, my mother uh, and my aunt had a very strong Japanese 
style upbringing i would say i mean they have the pictures how, how, how of would them you describe that what do, what do you mean by that they have like pictures of them in matching kimonos when yeah. they're little girls <laughs> With, like flowers and, in the background yeah and they're holding the little things and yeah. my my <laughs> my mother and my aunt both learned how to like roll sushi from a really young age a lot of the cooking they learned didn't so much come from my grandfather from my mom it came from her mother so mm. my mom's cooking is really reflective of that kind of like Japanese knowing how to use Japanese Asian style ingredients quickly. That's her expertise. So, um, yeah, I just think it's interesting that they, they really were a very like uh, mixed culture household with Japanese culture. And we had that too growing up. That was totally an influence for my brother and I too. So I'm going to guess that you're well versed with the chopsticks. You know, (laughs) Actually, it's funny. I didn't really learn how to use chopsticks till I was like 21 years old. I was so oh. bad at it. My mother forced me to learn when I was, because I think I was, it was, uh, I had just left college and we like went out to dinner and ate sushi and she saw me like kind of fiddling with it and using, she's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, she didn't say that in a resume. She's like, she's later. She's like, how do you, she's like, how are you my son? And you don't know how to use chopsticks. So wow. I learned from her. Um, and I'm still not very good at it, but <laughs> how, did, how, did, how did, how did she teach you? Karate she literally, style? she told me to put my hand out and she would like, it's like teaching a kid how to hold a pencil. She would mm. like move my fingers to where they were supposed to be. And I'm like, I'm not a child. Like you can describe <laughs> it to me. Like, it's like, no, this goes there. This, this right here, <laughs> this right here, put it in between the ball of your fingers. Yeah. No, I do though. I do love chopsticks. I, I like collecting chopsticks. If I met like a cool, oh, you like collecting chopsticks, yeah, but you're not weird. good at it. I'm not good at it. <laughs> I always go to like uh, if I'm in like a different city that has a different like a Chinatown. I'll usually oh, yeah. try to find a chopstick shop or just oh, like a weird like kitchenware shop that has cool chopsticks. I love collecting them because I feel like they're a they're a really um, useful tool for cooking because it's just a little stick. <laughs> it's like sometimes you use a little stick to like mix things up or um i like chops i like using chopsticks to stir things i, I guess i could see that because you could be more precise in what you move and touch you just, rather it's kind of like, like a, a little big, a big wooden spoon yeah it's like having yeah. a little mini whisk in a way but yeah. um there is a difference in chopsticks though japanese chopsticks are thinner than chinese or asian chops or like oh, i didn't know chopsticks. that yeah Jap- you know why? Chi- I think it's because uh, the food in Japan is more delicate, and that may be totally wrong. But I think it's because the food is no, not be pretentious with it. Let's, a little let's, bit. I don't know. Yeah, let's, let's, that's, let's what do I, that's what I was told. Japanese food is a lot more delicate than I mean, these Chinese neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, with Chinese food, there's a lot. There's a lot of you know uh, thicker, like thicker noodles. Uh, yeah. Lots of different, you know, lots of different kinds of rice. Um, it's yeah. not all just it's it's starchier and it's I think with Japanese food too not all of it is really meant for chopsticks I think really only like noodles are the what I would use chopsticks right. for because uh, I definitely don't use them for sushi I use my fingers for sushi so mm. which is what you're supposed to do <laughs> is it really that's it's widely accepted yeah if you use your fingers to eat sushi it's, you're, like, you're not like expe- in Japan and in Asia I, that is what I'm told. In a lot of books I've read, a lot of people describe like cooked sushi. So like cooked fried food, maybe fried sushi or just like 
not raw nigiri is you can eat it with your fingers and it's not too terribly unacceptable. I don't yeah, know. I do it anyway. I'm used to using the chopsticks. I'm honestly shit. I I drop but. it, so I'd rather use my hands. But <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah, no, it's Japanese food definitely played a huge part of like growing up eating. Did it for you? Were there like s- certain foods that your family would make Japanese that was kind of like know, a big staple? My, my my grandma wasn't big on making these like grand dishes sure. for us, but she would stress having rice with every dish that we would have. And then yeah. we would always have appetizers of like dumplings and stuff like Ooh. that. Yeah. My mother would make a she would make a killer mix of uh, soy sauce too. I, I never asked her what how she did it, but mm-hmm. soy I, sauce I soy sauce is key. Fish sauce is a is another really necessary one for Asian food. I feel like that's more Southeast Asian. And it's funny, all of our, all the guys in the house. So like the, we, so for everyone listening, whoever you are, uh, the people who lived in the house at McAlpin was me, Nick, Derek, Matt Harvey, and Aaron. And I don't know about you, Nick, but those three guys are obsessed with like Thai food, Indian food, like Southeast Asian food. Mm-hmm. And do you share that love with them? Or is that just like an anomaly of those three? I think it's just those three. Okay. <laughs> I was like, because ne- <laughs> I've be never honest. seen you. Derek's always like, let's go get Thai food. And you're like, can we just go get like pizza? Like, <laughs> yeah. like- <laughs> for me, I, I just zone it out and I just, and, and yeah, like so what you funny. said, like, I'll, I'll get pizza, you know? Yeah. I'll I think one time. You and I, we were doing like a, we were doing like a late night in your old, in the old studio, uh, back at Damon and mm-hmm. Derek ordered Thai food and he was like, do you guys want any? I mean, we can all get Thai food. And you and I were like, we're going to go to the pizza place and go get pizza. <laughs> like We were like, yeah. we don't, we don't want Thai food. I'll be shitting my pants all night. Like that's the issue. The spices have me shitting my pants. It's like in a small yeah. studio with like three guys who have just eaten Thai food. Kill yeah, me. I'm, a, like, I'm not trying to <laughs> create a chamber of uh, a toxic po- you know poisonous I mean? farts. The firemen break down. They're all dead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Oh man. Oh goodness. Uh, are there like so? I want to know just a little bit about like what you cook because i think you know you definitely are a risk taker when you cook and i love that because you tend to make stuff that you're like i don't know if this is going to work but it looks in theory like it's going to be fucking good and it usually is because we were talking last night about your bacon wrapped brussels sprouts that you make at thanksgiving oh yeah yeah and we were like and they were like he just came up with that and we were like they're fucking good (laughs) like you know and that's like cool for risk taking, it's on occasion. I'm okay. pretty boring when it comes to food. It's usually chicken, beef, and fish mixed with sure. vegetables, and that's yeah. it. In rotation, over and over and over again. Right. Just because of the diet that I'm on. Yeah. So, yeah. But so I it's think- like it's like how can I make um, this chicken taste a little bit more different? So I'm not eating the same. T- yeah. I, you know what I mean? That's why I asked you the question earlier. Like, how can I? change up how yeah. I eat my food. Like, how can I season things in a different way so that it, like, I don't know. For sure. Satisfies a different taste bud. Yeah, I don't know how well I answered that question for you, but if I guess I had to give a short answer that was, like, a better answer, <laughs> it would be, like, uh, just, like, go throughout your, like, the spice aisle at the grocery store. See, like, you know, there's so many different spice blends that are made. There's so many things that, you know, 
uh go well especially with chicken with different like different herbs and things go well like the italian herbs always go great on chicken so like rosemary thyme parsley and the the sage but i mean just stuff like that and also uh just remembering salt that's another big one just remembering to salt your food enough that it has flavor but not so much that it's bad for you i got a question for you do you ever put salt on your salad no (laughs) so my girlfriend quest she's been doing that and i never put onions on my salad either she's been putting salt and onions in my salad and it actually tastes pretty good I understand the salt because you're eating a lot of probably normally bland things in a salad. Like lettuce mm-hmm. is like a main component, but that doesn't usually have a ton of flavor. The one thing I would worry about is you'd have to eat it quickly because salt will start to leach the water out of the lettuce and it'll start to wilt it if it's if it's sat for too long. Okay. But that's at least I think that will happen. That's what's happened. That's like what happens when you leave. That's like how you cure things or pickle things. But maybe mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that would be really good, especially if you use like a like a sea salt, like a really briny salt. It would mm-hmm. kind of add like a seawater salt taste to it. And Not I bad. bet that would be good because, I mean, I put really like, uh, you know, I like putting salty croutons and stuff into a salad or, you know. Not a, not a fan of croutons. Really? Oh, I mean, yeah, some yeah, people really it. aren't. I'm a crouton whore. I, I fucking eat so many croutons. <laughs> you, you dirty crouton whore, yeah. You dirty crouton whore. <laughs> You're corrupting the Caesar salad. No, I, I love Parmesan cheese, though, on a salad is great. And that's really oh. salty. That's a nice. I love Parmesan I actually cheese, never though. thought of that. That would be a good mix. Do you like cheese, right? <laughs> uh, I'm a fan of the cheese. You know? Yeah, you like you like Parmesan though too, because that's a pretty. I like Parmesan. I, yeah. I never dived too much into cheese until recently. Got it. Okay. Since I moved down with my girl. I love Parmesan for its saltiness because it's got a very, it's got like little crystallized pieces of salt in it, which are is great. So it's a great mm. cheese for yeah. a salad, but. To go back to your question, I, I yeah. actually don't feel like I'm a big uh, risk taker when it comes mm. to making different type of foods. I like to be boring because I know that I'm going to be healthy with the result. Sure. But my girlfriend has been, I don't know, countering that belief and saying, like, you can still eat, you can taste things in, like, a new way. You can taste, you can still have good food. You can still have good meals and still maintain this healthiness so i'm kind of since i moved to colorado uh five months ago i've been on a new journey of just exploring different ways of cooking what i normally cook but in a different fashion yeah yeah i think it's a little bit better you know i yeah i honest i'm still gonna think though that you're a risk taker as far as feeding the group i'll say i'll say that because you definitely when when we do when you want to cook something for all of us it's definitely a showstopper type of dish yeah it's like it's balls to the wall so like you know and I, I i love that though because i think that's a great way to just be like yeah i made this no big fucking deal but it's fucking good but i i'm glad though that you're exploring you know different stuff for food and you know just kind of the the journey of food i think is honestly never ending because as we you know get older we crave different things and we discover new things but I don't know. I do. I do appreciate, though, that you're someone that does meal prepping, because I think that's a very unrecognized uh, 
culture of food in a way that a lot of people think it's um, a lot of people like a lot of foodies in particular, I feel like may think that it's high maintenance and that it's you're sort of depriving yourself from enjoying uh, it. But at the same time, I feel like, you know, it, I feel like you don't view it that way. You don't view it with like a contentious like, oh, I hate that I have to do this because mm. of this. I feel like that's just a part of your life. It's just like this is how I eat. And well, course, I actually, of course, I, I, I yeah. you know. I like actually don't meal prep anymore, but uh, back then when I used to meal prep, I would make a event out of it. Yeah. You know, so I, on Sundays, every Sunday, I would find, find like a record that I would want to play, put the record on, have a glass of wine, yeah. and just get going. And it would be almost like a dance. It'd be like, yeah, it, I love I would that. Get in, I would get into a groove as I would make all this food. It would take two, two and a half hours, but how I would see it is like, I spend two, two and a half hours of making all this food mm-hmm. and then I don't have to make lunch and sometimes dinner throughout the week. So I'm For saving sure. this time. So I'm able to do these other things while maintaining a healthy. Yeah. And it's also, it's, it's a ritual. It's like a good ritual for you, for you to have or have yeah. had at that time, because it's like you make it time. It's not a chore. It's, this is like a personal time where I, have time to myself i'm gonna enjoy it but i'm also gonna get this thing done that you know lets me have more time to be productive throughout the rest of the week and so i think i think that's a great way of viewing something that a lot i feel like a lot of people really sort of view negatively um Mm -hmm. or, or view as something that they could never do but um i didn't know you weren't meal prepping anymore though just kind of nope because because now that I'm with my girlfriend, yeah, it's that that dance is with her now. Sure, you know? yeah. So and sure. I, I like to put have that dance every night with mm-hmm. her. You know, yeah, that's great. We work though. we work all day. Then it's time to pour a glass of wine, get the mm-hmm. food, prep it. You do this, I do that. I'll cut up the peppers. You start seasoning the chicken. I'll put mm-hmm. it on the grill. That whole fun dance. Yeah, it's it. That's great though, and that's again, it's it's exactly why you know we i think we all love food as much as we do and it's it's just that constant you know capability of building upon itself with someone and you know it's 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 a part of a relationship that i feel like really is uh tangible and you know something that i cherish a lot with everyone because i have a different food relationship kind of with everyone else everyone in the group it's different but mm-hmm. i love though that you know you make time for that to be something between you and your significant other that's you know not a rushed gotta get it done doesn't matter what it is thing and that you make time to have it be a meaningful uh, meal and exactly. stuff like it's that the best that's part so of the, important it's, it's the best part of the day you know i love that that's, that's so that's so awesome i love it's, that especially, especially during covid because yeah, <laughs> we're, we're used to like going out, maybe going to a bar, maybe dancing here and there. And since we can't, we're stuck in our bubble. As you mm-hmm. said, now the dance is within this bubble that you make. Yeah. You know, so it's like it's what you make of it. Yeah, I think okay. I think that's great, too. And especially, you know, it's one of those things I think that's funny is that uh, or maybe not funny, but in, in a weird way, ironic is that uh-huh. a lot of people with you know, when COVID happened, a lot of people I know had to learn how to cook because yeah. they just didn't, they never, <laughs> <did it before. laughs> 
<laughs> oh man, he can make cheesy potatoes. It's fine. No, yeah. <laughs> but like you it know, that has cheese on it. If there's no cheese, I don't think you can make it. Oh, oh, Derek, poor Derek's colon. But I mean, like, <laughs> like with that though, I think it's I think it's been a very uh, awakening time for home cooks because yeah. all of a sudden it's everyone had to learn that skill and it's so funny to just it's funny to me because i'm kind of like well you know this is something that i've done for a long time and i kind of see people just sheer panic over it and i'm like it's gonna be okay you know like it's not <laughs> it's gonna the be end fun, but it is frustrating though to have to learn that skill and i think it's you know i think what you're saying is a great inspiration for anyone listening who is afraid of getting in the kitchen and learning how to cook mm-hmm. foods learning how to use knives learn uh, you know that was my big fear when i started yeah, learning how to properly cut vegetables yeah i mean i think what, oh my god you know i think what you're saying is just a great point that if you make it something that you know if you turn it into something that you can take pleasure out of or just enjoy make it you time make it time for you and your you know partner whomever I think that's a great way to motivate people to cook. And it's, that's not like, you know, overbearing, you know, this recipe makes seven, eight servings. How do I do it? Cooking with, you know, just kind of like seeing what's out there, cooking it with someone, seeing Mm -hmm. if you like it. Sometimes it might not be good. That's okay. But, you know, you you evolve what you're making at the end of the day. Exactly. Going back to what you said at the beginning, it's about community. It's about, yeah just that human connection and since human it's human connection in a way is lacking these days because of covid you know we yeah. can't connect with each other as much i haven't seen you since march yeah so, yeah so when if you have the opportunity to cook food with your partner that's just one way to open up that human connection without thinking about your work without thinking about all the stresses of life it's yeah. just that moment where like time stands still still in the yeah. kitchen you know for sure. And I think, you know, uh, to kind of like kind of like wrap that up, I, I feel like when all this is over and, you know, when we're out of this, you know, pandemic and everything, I feel like food is going to be so important to everyone because it's going to yeah. be it's going to be the mode we all come around to celebrate it. You know, it's, of course. Yeah. And so I I definitely look forward to that when I, we can have people over again and have yeah. a party it's Friendsgiving. just so i miss friendsgiving <laughs> oh man uh, i'm so bummed that this year's gonna be like kind of a wash on i i really feel like we're not gonna be able to do it but, yeah but we we have to do like a zoom call or a skype call with everybody so mm-hmm. i'm gonna ask you one question that i've asked everyone in the group and it's the clickbait question before i let you go because i know you have to eat and it's been like yeah. more than an hour so the question i've asked everyone is what are the top five uh, food loves and food hates that you have so like this could be anything from like just a t- like a vegetable like one food item or like something you just cannot stomach anything you know, like you love and will always love forever right. yeah number one that i love yeah pizza you're the third I, I, person I don't, that's number one i don't, I don't care if i'm basic pizza <laughs> it's good it's yeah there's nothing wrong with that um, what I hate, peas. Me too. Like, even when I was a kid, I was like, yeah, this sucks. When I was a teenager, yeah, this sucks. Yeah, are- when I was in my 20s, yeah, it sucks. Now I'm yeah. in my 30s, 
Oh man. Oh, you're 30. I haven't I haven't even oh, I yeah. haven't talked to you since you turned 30. I like well, I, I texted you and stuff, but like Yeah. Oh, and you man. sent me a card too. I did, yeah. Oh, I'm glad very you got it. Cool. Yeah, very very motherly. <laughs> hey, I can't make you guys cakes or anything this year, so you're all getting cards. Oh, but right. uh, okay, so yes, peas though. Oh, peas so are, speaking of, I, yeah. I don't like cake. Oh I, yeah, that's true. I what like do cake. I? What do I make you? You make me ice cream cake. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I do. I did one year. Which was my favorite ice cream? Ice cream for sure. Yeah. Do you have a, a favorite flavor, or do you just kind of like whatever? If it's ice cream, it's gonna happen. Yeah. Ladder. Yes ladder okay for sure i'm kind of the same way i usually i usually don't like caramel caramel is kind of where i i get I really salted caramel's good but and ben and jerry's is good raspberry's not that good i me. like that with cheese cake. Not that good to me. i mm-hmm. like cheesecake i i i can understand with fruit with ice cream though fruit that's like mm, not what i would go yeah. for immediately yeah. but do you like have vanilla, vanilla? yeah vanilla I need to start paying attention to what type of vanilla that I've been getting. I've been getting a lot of different types of vanilla, but I haven't been looking at it. I've just been being a fat boy with it. <laughs> all the ice cream. What's like two for five? Let's get those. <laughs> <laughs> That's me at the grocery store. What's the more bang for my colon? I would say vanilla is good. I like homemade vanilla. Like or the New York style. It's kind of that like tannish color, not white. That It's like the basic New York vanilla. style vanilla yeah it's it's got like you know what it kind of tastes like it's the kind of ice cream you would want to have with root beer it's got that really kind of like it's vanilla but it's not um sugary vanilla it's like that kind of uh just sweet enough vanilla but it has that uh you taste more of the vanilla flavor than you do sugar throughout throughout it and it's a little bit thicker um it kind of it isn't like it isn't like fluffy because some ice cream do you have a brand for it gosh uh i would say i don't think there's a national brand that has it a lot of the local brands make it like dean's but i know you're in colorado so it's probably different out there but yeah i don't know i don't know what's out here but usually like homemade vanilla is pretty similar that's i like homemade vanilla that's what i usually go for but i love vanilla ice cream just on its own too i'm yeah definitely it's it's so good um, people make fun of me for that <laughs> oh um I, I don't eat hot dogs anymore but chicago style hot dogs used to be up there on the love on the love yeah. okay sure yeah i don't um, like the chicago dog but i do like hot yeah. dogs though do you like <laughs> <laughs> uh I wasn't even no, meaning no that to be dirty. I don't I, know, did you? Uh, you did never you know either? with me, do you? <laughs> you never truly know. <laughs> one time, one time, I called my brother, and I literally was like, "Hey, guess what I did?" He's like, "What did you do? Suck some guy's dick?" I was like, "No, I finished a puzzle." I was like, "I was like, it's like, no. Why would you think that?" Like, and that was. He was literally like, "Oh, Dude, usually." What? Usually when you call me, it's inappropriate. I'm like, wow, I need to really shape up. Like, <laughs> Man, when we lived together, it was every single day you had a joke. It's bad. Well, you don't want to yeah. know why. I was stuck in a house with four straight guys. It's like I have no gays or women to like impart <laughs> this humor on. So I don't do it as much now, though. I really, I really kind of uh, pulled back after... Yeah. 
after I grew up a little bit. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. Did you have a last food hate at all or anything that you didn't really do? Well, I, I said uh, peas, cake. Um, uh, not yeah. a big fan of, I guess, spicy Indian food. Okay, sure. It, it's just because how my body reacts, not because of the yeah. taste itself. Yeah. That's fair, though, because it can that can wreck you if you're not careful like yeah I, that's what i, I, I can't i can't eat thai that. food i can't eat thai food anymore it just oh no oh no god it's i i it's the same with like it's getting that way with wings too if i mm. eat a lot of wings i just feel like shit afterwards and it's like oh mm. my god like <laughs> roll me somewhere please bring me, bring me into an alleyway bring me alka seltzer and an intubator like <laughs> Um, you want to see my cat? I know we're yeah. doing the audio on uh, podcast, but look at this little guy. Aww. Oh, hey there. What's his name? <laughs> Zeppelin. I love yeah, him. Yeah, meow, meow to the mic. Meow. Is he uh, all black? Oh, yeah. I love black cats. Those are, I think they're so stylish. <laughs> not because they should, not that they should be an accessory. I just think that they're very like sleek and. No, nah, he's, he's our little accessory. Yeah, you are. Aww. Aren't you? So cute. Well, hey, I'm really excited about your cookbook, man. I'm yeah, really yeah. I'm glad that you're pursuing this because you've always been an amazing cook. And I'm glad Thank that you. you're putting it down into words and you're putting it out there for people to learn. Yeah, I I, yeah. I I hope that I gave some value into this podcast. Dude, but totally, like I said, yeah. Like I said, I'm I'm a Dago who just eats pasta most <laughs> of the time. Well, please know that you are like one of my most valued foodie friends because I know that you and I can get down on you and I like the same kind of foods a lot of the time, and we fucking yep. just rage eat. So. Yes, I do. yeah. Well, is there anything else you wanted to say or promote? I know. Do you want to promote any music stuff or no promotion? Like no promotion. All, Got this, it. This is all sure. about you, brother. Oh, thanks. I want to give people a chance just in case you're like, well, Derek was like, yeah, you can check out Oh Jupiter on Instagram. You can check yeah. out. <laughs> no, I, I totally, Derek. I totally gave him the, the green light. Uh, well, um, thank, well, thank with, you. Yeah. yeah, of course, man. What were you gonna say? What type of music do you listen to when you make food? And does it change on the type of dish? Uh, it kind of depends. If it's a generic, I need to get a lot of cooking done. It's jazz. So oh. jazz is like the automatic. And I like big band. I like uh, Ella Fitzgerald, Louis Armstrong, Dizzy Gillespie. A lot nice. of the like 40s, 50s, 60s jazz. Uh, Quincy Jones is great too. I just like it because nice. it's got it's got nice moments of high energy, but also moments of some like deep soothing stuff. Where if you're just sitting around kind of waiting for stuff to get done, it's noise, but it's also right. like not annoying. But so that's do you like, mostly do you mostly stick with jazz, or like maybe if the dish changes, like if you're having an Italian dish, do you maybe play like Frank Sinatra? You know, or I actually to get you in that mood. I play classical with Italian. That's oh, how yeah. my granddad taught me. My granddad would listen to Vivaldi. Now, I don't like Vivaldi. I listen to like uh, Mendelssohn, who is an Italian. But classical music, for some reason, puts me in the mood of Italian food. I think that's totally uh, from my grandfather because he would oh, listen to only classical when he cooked. But yeah. there's other stuff. There's other times too where I'll listen to audiobooks when I cook or podcasts. Mm, I think yeah. that that's, you know, 
uh, sorry, my brother called me. <laughs> uh, I was like, ah! but yeah, no, I think having something in my ear is really important, but I actually tend to not listen to pop music while I cook. Cause I just, fair. it's yeah. too distracting. It's like a lot it, of noise. You, you, you don't want to listen to lyrics while you're cooking. You no. kind of want to like listen to your inner dialogue as you're yeah. making, making chill food, hop yeah. too. Chill hop is, chill if, hop, I'm, yeah. if I'm baking, I listen to chill hop. I think it's because it makes measuring kind of a little less boring. I don't know. Chill hop is always my auto on sound. Like there's chill hop somewhere in my house. <laughs> like, you know, that's another, uh, another similarity <laughs> between you and I. Yeah, There's yeah, always for sure. going on. Yeah. Um, for me, with Italian dishes, sometimes I play Frank Sinatra once in a while just to get in that like romantic mood. Yeah, but I like I like playing Spanish flamenco guitar while Ooh. I make Italian food. It kind of like it has like a groove to it and a bounce yeah. to it while I'm making. The dish. I like that. That's Uh, so. I actually have a playlist on Spotify. You have Spotify, right? Yes, I have all of it. Spotify. I'll just send you the playlist and do it. Yeah. I yeah. No, that's. I think that's great. Uh, Spanish flamenco. That's that's the type of music I always kind of associate with, like really like restaurants. That's kind of good here in a restaurant. I feel like, but I love that though. That it does have a nice sort of like soothing groove to it. Mm -hmm. That's not distracting but it's like light noise and yeah i like jazz too because no one argues with it it's the one genre that no one can really say i don't i mean of course someone doesn't like jazz but no one complains about it because mm. it's just like so many people listen to it it's nice background music so that's why when everyone's over i only play jazz music because it's like I guess, I guess no one's gonna never notice that no one's gonna bitch and moan about the music yeah. that's on because they'll they'll all enjoy some part of it. So unless but it's our, Christmas, our, Christmas yeah. it's like all right, Mariah Carey, like you know, <laughs> 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 that's true. At Christmas, I listen to Christmas music like the poppiest Christmas music when I'm doing like Christmas food or like making Christmas cookies or something like that. Um, soundtracks to like christmas movies it's like you know anything goes at yeah. christmas time yeah when i think of uh christmas i or christmas music i think of mariah carey then i think of wesley and then <laughs> is it because on like november 26th forward. i like blasted all i want for christmas is you and now it's like it's time guys like it's like, that uh, time of year like <laughs> <laughs> fuck my life oh man <laughs> but in the best way I'd like to give a big thanks to my friend Nick for being on this show. If you'd like to support this show, don't forget to subscribe and please give the show a rating on your favorite podcast directory. I hope you join me next week for another episode of Good Food for Bad Friends from the Arcadia Podcast Network. If you'd like to get in touch with us, please email us at gfbf at arcadiapodcastnetwork.com.